in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've gotta be free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safe, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn into guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, Cabinia from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along for the ride. Got a lot of different things going on. I'm going to try to touch on some of the stories I think uh, may not necessarily be getting as much coverage because of the bigger stories that are at play and so with that said uh with so much going on i'm going to try to stay a little more on task today than usual because i have a habit of getting a little long-winded and uh, essentially staying where i have a hard time getting more than four stories within a two-hour time period. But uh, we're going to see if I can't do a little better than that tonight. In the meanwhile, before we get started with anything else, I do need to remind you that literally two-thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a long-term blackout. You could be one of those. You could find yourself sitting in the dark, find yourself cold or, depending on what time of year, maybe a little too hot. And you could be in that situation for hours, maybe even days. Worse than that, depending on whatever the reason for said blackout might be, you could find yourself without electricity for weeks. The question that I have to ask you is, are you ready to protect your family? Now, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, the 
best, the baddest, the newest version from our friends over at Four Patriots. Now, folks that have already taken advantage of the Four Patriots solar generators will tell you that these new solar generators are worth their weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and it's expandable so you can run the big appliances like your refrigerator and you can run them for even longer than ever before you also could run other devices like electric blankets microwaves rv air conditioners even an electric wheelchair just some of the examples you get 12 outlets including four ac outlets so you can power more devices at one time if that's what you need to do <clears throat> you also get two usb-c outlets which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug and best of all the new solar generator is fume free it's safe to use inside it never needs gas ever look already over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators because they've gotten them and they use them. All you have to do is go to 4patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P to check it out for yourself. You can order the solar generator. You can do that right now. But the best part about going to 4patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P is that it will land you on a page that's just set aside for listeners of this show. It'll start you out on the page that has this week's deals and discounts. So you'll get to do a little uh, low-range shopping if you want to, but if you are going just to check out the generator, you will see a tab at the top of the page where you land on, and it will take you directly there. Now, using this page, using that link, going to that particular spot it does let them know that i sent you but it also gives you that great starting jumping off point to find out what is going on sell wise what are the discounts what are the special deals this week so you're you're really good to go now uh, again one last time that website is the number four so you put in the number four patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. -P. Okay, with that being said, let's uh, let's get into today's uh, topics. I'm going to start with a story that I ordinarily wouldn't be starting with. It's uh, it's kind of a, an, an interesting situation uh, because this is kind of one of those government overstepping its bounds, but it has more to do with the social fabric kind of deal. So it's one of the stories that I normally wait till later in the show. But the situation here, I think, has become so indicative of a lot of what we see more and more lately that it's important to take a long, hard look at. We need to be aware of these stories. And this, of course, is the story of a family. From a small town in Georgia. In fact, uh, for those of you familiar with the area, they're from Calhoun, Georgia. We're talking about the Timms family. They found themselves embroiled in a legal battle that further exposes some rather profound flaws within the state's child welfare agency. And we're talking about Georgia here, but this is something that touches a lot of different states. In fact, at some point in time, for those of you that are uh, 
part of the Tap into the Truth locals community. Uh, I may go into my own personal situation where I've had a run-in uh, along similar lines for uh, folks that are supporters only. Uh, so if you want to hop over there and become a supporter, uh, we might go into that if you're interested at all. But anyway. I digress. This is not something that is exclusive to Georgia. We've talked about these kind of things in other states, multiple states, unfortunately. But in this particular case, we're talking about an ordeal for the family that began when uh, Brady and Carrie Tim's three-month-old son, Jameson, was forcibly removed from their care following medical visits that quickly spiraled into a misdiagnosis and false accusations that brought about their current situation. Uh, a real nightmare for parents that are doing everything right, and yet because of a rare condition, it looks as if to the layperson that there was abuse. Okay, so the story begins uh, all the way back in November of 2022, right? There was a high-risk pregnancy that ended up bringing young Jameson into the world at only 37 weeks. When the child was about six weeks old, Brady and Carrie noticed some strange reddish marks on his body. So they took Jameson to their pediatrician, who sent uh, the family to Erlanger Hospital uh, here in my home state of Tennessee, where he was observed for several days. Now, one of the doctors observing Jamison raised suspicions about potential abuse, which prompted officials working with Georgia's Division of Family and Children's Services to examine the child. The caseworkers determined that Jamison had not been abused. Okay. Now, the parents brought Jameson home, still not knowing exactly what was wrong with their child, but uh, they later had to bring their son back to the hospital for another checkup to confirm that there was no abuse. You know, once you're in the system, they want you to keep jumping through hoops until a certain amount of time has passed and you checked out the little boxes. Now, in an instance where actual abuse has taken place, this would be a good thing. In a situation where there's not abuse going on, it feels a bit over the top, but it's better to err on the side of safety than to leave a child in a bad situation. So this much, the follow-up that was required, I don't think anyone in the family had an issue with that. Now, the uh, DFCS officials showed up. Okay, uh, let me double check here. All right, now, they brought him home. They still had to bring him back to confirm there's no abuse. Now, the DFCS officials showed up unannounced at the Tim's home for a follow-up in December. At this time, they again affirmed their belief that Jameson had not suffered any abuse at the hands of his parents or his sibling. But then, in January of 2023, the situation took a turn for the worse. All right, now, they've already gotten uh, signed off on officially twice, right? But things are not done yet. The parents noticed a red dot inside Jameson's mouth and brought him to Erlanger Hospital yet again. When the pediatrician saw this, she immediately determined that the child was being abused and called DFCS. The caseworkers met with the family at their home and again reaffirmed that there was no abuse. So this is the third time that the 
caseworkers have signed off that they do not see any signs of abuse. They don't see anything going on. The only thing of concern appears to be this medical condition. But it hasn't been established by the experts that it is, in fact, a medical condition yet. Now, by January 13th, they receive a phone call from the same DFCS agent telling the couple that they had to bring Jamison to Children's Hospital of Atlanta for yet another examination. The agent warned uh, Brady and Carrie that if they did not get Jamison to the facility, the authorities would come and take him from them. Now, upon arriving at Children's Hospital of Atlanta, the doctors did more tests and examinations. When it was time to do x-rays, they prohibited both parents from being present or obtaining information about the results. In other words, they kept the x-ray secret from the parents, even after they had taken The doctors there found three rib fractures that Brady and Carrie simply didn't have an explanation for. So, what happens? There's the immediate accusation of child abuse. They were arrested for aggravated battery and cruelty to children by law enforcement officers who met them at the hospital. Now, if indicted, they could both face up to 40 years in prison. However, at this moment in time, no indictments have been filed. The thing here is, it is still on the table. Now, the couple later petitioned the court to have Jamison examined at Boston Children's Hospital by an expert. The court agreed, provided that two caseworkers with uh, DFCS were allowed to be present. The doctors diagnosed both Carrie and Jamison with a uh, unique genetic condition called Ehlers-Danos Syndrome. Now, EDS for short, and I may have butchered that a bit also, so if you're looking a bit further into it, but just look up EDS, and that will take you where you want to go in the great Google machine. Now, like I said, it's a genetic condition that could explain the child's symptoms and injuries. In fact, EDS is a disorder that affects connective tissues, primarily skin, joints, and blood vessel walls. It also causes an increased risk of fractures. It causes bone density problems and, quite frequently, joint dislocations, especially in infants. Its symptoms are commonly misdiagnosed as child abuse. Now, the family believed that the diagnosis from Boston's here, which occurred with the DFCS agents present, would vindicate them. They figure, okay, here it is. We finally have an explanation. And not only is this something that we can treat, that we can watch out for, the, the all the negative side effects, but it also is an explanation that proves that we as parents have not been abusing our child. In fact, from the beginning, we have been doing exactly what we were supposed to do. We saw something wrong with our child. We took our child to the doctor to get treatment. 
We took our child to the doctor to try to make sure that the child could get better. No Munchauser by proxy syndrome. No insanity of that nature. A genuine genetic disorder. Unfortunately, the agency completely disregarded this new evidence, critical evidence, I would say, and refused to move towards reunifying the family. Juvenile Court Judge Lori Ann Moss, who presided over the case, along with District Attorney Newton, compelled the parents to relinquish their parental rights. Now, almost two years later, Jameson is now staying with family members, and his parents are only allowed supervised visits. Now, another tragic detail in the story is that the conditions for the couple's bail agreement prohibit them from being around children under the age of 18. That means that Brady can't even interact with his eight-year-old son from a previous marriage without supervision. Despite the family's exhaustive efforts to prove their innocence. They've been blocked by bureaucratic indifference and judicial obstacles. Now the case is in legal limbo, as a matter of fact, because DFCS has closed the case without establishing a framework for reuniting the parents with their child. Neither of the parents have been indicted for a crime, possibly because the evidence would not support a conviction. But even further, the Tim's family is over $50,000 in debt now because of this legal battle, never mind the medical side. The Tim story highlights what could be a systemic issue in Georgia's child welfare apparatus, but I would make the point that this is also a thing that we see outside of Georgia. So as we're pointing fingers in this case, which is horrific, and somebody in Georgia needs to step up and get this fixed, this is not an exclusive to the state of Georgia issue. It's reminiscent of the situation facing the Hernandez family, another couple whose children were taken from them after they were wrongfully accused of child abuse, which is also in the state of Georgia. But the couple is still going through the legal system in an effort to get Jameson back. Given that he's now two years old and almost at an age where he's more aware of what's happening, there is a more pressing sense of urgency. <coughs> now, the family has set up a GoFundMe uh, to try to help navigate the legal process to re regain custody of their child. Uh, if you are listening to the podcast version of tonight's show, I will have a link to their GoFundMe uh, in today's show description. But this is insanity. Once you have a legal medical definition of what happened, you have that explanation then you would expect that that should be the end of this conversation, that there shouldn't be a closed case, that there should be a continuation uh, of an effort to push forward to try and get this family back together when it's obvious that it was wrongfully pulled apart.
but it's not unique. We have covered cases for years now in Boston and in uh, in uh, of course that's in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. We've covered cases in Arizona. We've covered cases in. Oregon, we've covered cases even in Texas and in, certainly in California where essentially medical kidnapping had taken place, where children were taken from families when uh, there was even less evidence of abuse and clearly a case of misdiagnosis. And we continue to run into this issue what comes down to a simple basic fundamental flaw, not just in the legal system, but also in our idea of what establishes an expert. When you put so much emphasis on credentials that you do not put any emphasis at all on common sense, you will find yourself in a situation where a person is elevated to a position of authority and then they will let that authority blind them to the reality of what they're looking at, which quite simply is the very possibility that they could be wrong. Now, I will grant you that when you acquire so much experience in a field, you may find yourself quickly jumping to a conclusion about what a problem has. What, what is this problem? What, what is going on in this situation? And then once you've made that determination, you will then find excuses, even if evidence starts popping up, that it might be something different. You'll find a way to stretch the circumstances, stretch the evidence, stretch the whole situation of whatever is being discovered, whatever is being found, to still fit your initial conclusion. You say, well, you know, it's not as common with this, but it can happen with this, and blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, it's the refusal of a person in a position of authority to acknowledge the fact that they could be wrong. And then, once evidence is presented that they are, in fact, wrong, that there is something new, if they're still unwilling to acknowledge that they made a mistake, then they're forced into this box, and unfortunately, because of potential legal ramifications that would be just in this situation, they're trying to cover their own backsides, because if anyone in this situation acknowledges that they made an error, then there is a lot of legal recourse, legal recourse that I'm afraid should occur anyway. All right, I'm going to try to sneak in another uh, story real quick before we take the mid-hour break. I think we can fit this in uh, relatively quickly, although I will probably run a little long. Uh, in case you've missed this particular headline, there's at least 16 public universities that are promoting a book titled How to Blow Up a Pipeline. And to no one's surprise, this, in this particular case, the book is titled uh, rather accurately because the book outlines for the readers how to commit eco-terrorism, oftentimes making it required reading. Okay, again, talking about the 16 universities that are promoting the book, lots of times these universities are making it required 
You have to know how to commit acts of eco-terrorism or we're just not happy. Okay, so the book was published originally back in 2021 by a Swedish professor and calls for terrorism and overthrowing capitalism, acknowledging that people will be killed as a result. Uh, one of the quotes here, demolish them, burn them, blow them up. Let the capitalists who keep investing in the fire know that their properties will be trashed. That's directly from the book. Now, multiple state-funded universities took classes that were normally on unrelated topics and contorted them into courses that read just four books, including the Pipeline Manifesto and a Communist Manifesto, just to go uh, with. Uh, at the University of California at Berkeley, for example, students of geography and interactive biology were required to read the book. Now, why would this be involved with interactive biology? Uh, geography, never mind. I, obviously, it doesn't belong there either, but interactive biology? It's a stretch, right? Instructors of the class uh, took what was ostensibly, ostensibly, a biology course, and transformed it into one on, quote, decolonization. Ooh. The syllabus of the class states that the class focuses on the scientific practice of modern botanical taxonomy as a colonial formation that conditions our modern relations. Uh, say, what? And also uh, in the syllabus, how the names of plants, quoting again, were often forged to be of service to empire building. Now, I, we've all heard some pretty uh, far-fetched stretches with these woke numbskulls, but that, <laughs> that's a doozy. That, that may very well take the cake. Uh, it's such an effort. Uh, let me say that again, just in case you missed it. How the names of plants were often forged to be of service to empire building. Yeah, I, I still can't quite get there. How is naming a plant... <laughs> how is naming a plant of service to empire building? And... You know, I, I don't want to make too big of a deal out of this because clearly the left doesn't really stand on logic or linear uh, facts to begin with. But I would point out there are several empires in the history of the world that they would never call out. Several empires that were colonizers, but you know, existed within Africa, for example. Uh, I'm pretty sure they'd be okay with that. Uh, what about uh, the empires that were built in the Middle East? Mm, I mean, historically speaking, they, there are several. I'm pretty sure they would never criticize. It's only an empire built by Europeans, uh, particularly white Europeans, that they seem to have a problem with. But uh, anyway, I digress. 
Now, the, the lessons here from across the country suggest that these universities' support for terrorism extends beyond the students supporting Hamas on many campuses, as we have seen. Uh, in fact, the book looks to Palestinian terrorists for inspiration, advising that, quote, as part of the mass resistance in the besieged Gaza Strip the, in the spring of 2018, Palestinians invented techniques for sending kites and helium-inflated condoms carrying incendiary materials across the wall to burn Israeli property. Uh, yeah, they're really proud of terrorism. U.S. intelligence identified the book as a developing threat and a security risk because the Swedish professor in question encourages pipeline sabotage and property destruction. Now, they identified the book as a developing threat and a security risk, but they still haven't done anything to persuade it from being made mandatory reading on college campuses. 23 different government agencies, including the FBI, warned that the film adaptation of the book, released in 2023, could spark terrorism. A New York Times interviewer was taken aback by the professor's willingness to cause death, saying, quote, it's hard to think that deaths don't become inevitable if there is more sabotage. And the response from our Swedish professor, sure. If you have a thousand pipeline explosions per year, if it takes on that extreme scale, but we are some distance from that, unfortunately. Did, did you catch that? We're, we're a long way off from a thousand pipeline explosions a year, uh, and that makes him sad. He thinks that's a bad thing. Now, the interviewer interjected, don't say, unfortunately, uh, the reply to that, well, I want sabotage to happen on a much larger scale than it does now. I can't guarantee that it won't come with accidents. Uh, is it even accidents? I mean, that's that has to be, um, if you'll forgive the terminology, if you're calculus is that you want to blow up pipelines, isn't it a part of the accepted risk of carrying on that action that people will necessarily get hurt? Isn't that the expectation? It's like, sure, you may try to make sure that nobody gets hurt, but you kind of know it's baked into the cake, right? It's a thing that's going to happen at some point. You may be able to pull off 99 uh, pipeline explosions, and other acts of terrorism uh, if you're going to use helium-filled condoms to try to ignite something. But the point stands that that 100th time, not only are you likely to hurt somebody, but you're likely to hurt a lot of somebody's. You're likely to maybe spark a out-of-control fire that then in turn burns down an entire town. Maybe you 
injure or kill hundreds, maybe thousands of people in this effort. Not to mention the fact that you always run the risk of somebody who's only read this book and then watched a uh, how to ignite a bomb and blow up a pipeline on YouTube, uh, watch a video here or there, you're likely to have them blow themselves up too. Of course, again, acceptable, right? Uh, the suicide bomber, it's if you're going to engage in terrorism, if you're going to hold up Hamas in particular as, as a inspiration to the ideology, uh, it seems like you would be embracing that as well, right? I mean... It doesn't sound like he cares. I can't guarantee that it won't come with accidents. Now, this professor said that he hasn't had the opportunity to blow up a pipeline personally, but that he would, quote, gladly participate if given an opportunity. Quote, if I were part of a group where something like blowing up a pipeline was perceived as a tactic that could be useful for our struggle, then I would gladly participate. I have engaged in as much militant climate activism as I have had access to, and I've done things that I can't tell you or that I wouldn't tell others publicly, meaning he has, he is admitting in this interview that he has committed crimes, that he has committed acts of eco-terrorism, which, again, the important part of the phrase there is the terrorism part. But if he says it, then he would be acknowledging his guilt and probably would be interrogated to try to get the names of the other participants. So he's not going to admit it out loud. Or, or, well, maybe since he's saying this so blusterously that this is more about, well, you know, I'm trying to sound like an activist and really I just want to sell more copies of my book. I want you to, to think of me as a voice, kind of a, a Greta Thunberg kind of archetype where, how dare you think I wouldn't blow up a pipeline if I could? And then, you know, occasionally have a staged arrest and that's really the most you actually do. It could be something like that. How does somebody like this get a job as a professor? I mean, we see it all over the place. It's not surprising. It's not new. But it still makes you have to take a deep breath and and look and say, what is going on that this is someone we would choose to help mold the minds of new young people? He said that he's trained his four-year-old son to, quote, be on the lookout for SUVs because the child knows these are the bad cars and has an awareness of the tactic of deflating SUV tires, which, by the way, actually only makes things worse, right? I mean, if you're worried about the climate and you think the SUVs are using too much gasoline and contributing to greenhouse gases, uh, if you deflate them entirely, they're not going anywhere. But if you deflate them a little, then they use up more gas faster. Uh, so you got to deflate them completely. But it then requires the use of gases for them to reflate the tires, which is a thing they're going to... Nobody is going to pay for an SUV 
and not air their tires back up. Or buy new tires if you deflate them through means that cause damage to the tires. But again, I want you to go back to the important part. He's trained his four-year-old son to be looking out so that he can help him to deflate tires, to commit acts of criminality, and one could say destructive acts, on other people's personal property. How much respect do you think this four-year-old, as he gets older, is going to have for anyone if you're teaching him to have that level of respect for others now? I mean, his own children. His own children were not the only youth being indoctrinated with this ideology of destruction. Because now with this book, he's reaching a lot more people. In the spring of 2022, the City University of New York, Professor Joseph uh, Mokrek, required students to read the book as part of a course called Politics and Human Survival which, of course, is designed to persuade students that without radical action, everyone could die a terrible death. Well, you know, everyone could die a terrible death, and it has nothing to do with taking radical action. Sometimes it's because of the radical action you take. But students were required to read Revolutionary Suicide by Black Panther member Huey Newton as well. Just... So, you know, in case you've heard the name but you're not familiar, if you're one of the younger listeners of the show, uh, Huey Newton was accused of murder and rape in his day. And a uh, professor, in this case, also wrote a paper called What Level of Resistance to Air Pollution is Justified on Violence and Self-Defense? <coughs> I don't know. Arizona State University, a public university, again, required students uh, of Professor Mia Sukes are humans special environmental theory to read how to blow up a pipeline that same semester. University of California, San Diego, required it in a class taught by Professor of Environmental Physics Brad Werner called CGS. 110, Intersectional Struggles for Environmental Justice. That course says that it focuses on colonial, capitalist, and imperialistic exploitation of and damage to the environment, and how resistance developed. Using critical gender studies frameworks, it includes role-playing exercises and stimulations uh, where they're uh, doing uh, the exploitive, extractive resistance movement systems. Uh, Warner once argued for sabotage by indigenous peoples, workers, uh, anarchists, and other activist groups because, quote, the earth was effed. Of course, he actually said the whole thing that I cannot because this broadcast will be rebroadcast over terrestrial radio. Anyway, the University of Washington uh, required reading the book in a class called Special Topics in Rights, where a professor of political science 
Jamie Merrifield asked the ever important question, does capitalism help or hinder responsible climate policy? Now, I would say that it actually helps, and we can go into why, but uh, something tells me that these folks wouldn't be listening regardless. You know, again, we were talking about uh, when somebody considers themselves an expert, they don't want to see new evidence or even think in new ways. I also asked the question, is socialism a better way? Uh, the answer is no. On the syllabus itself, under the heading, what should activists do, just so happens to uh, find in bold print, how to blow up a pipeline. Only four other books are required. One is how to be an anti-capitalist in the 21st century. And another is a planet to win the case for a Green New Deal. Right. At Illinois State University, students in an English class are required to read only four books, one of which is How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Another is a book on Marxism by Frederick Engels, whom Vladimir Lenin called, quote, the finest scholar and teacher of the modern proletariat. Professor Christopher Brood describes capitalism as cancerous and violence. So, yeah, I guess you can count on that being a enlightening, lively, and full of debates from both perspectives kind of class, right? Next semester, Ohio State University may change the title of environmental citizenship to climate justice because, you know, that's a thing they feel like they need to do. And, oh yeah, by the way, they will be requiring students to read the book as one of only four required readings. Another of the four, of course, is Marx in the Protestants towards the idea of degrowth communism. Degrowth communism. All communism is degrowth, that much is sure. That book, by the way, it sold for $110. It argues for making Western countries poor, uh, something the left has been pushing for for a while now. The course will no longer focus on interdisciplinary perspectives on the environment, but instead on political strategies for climate change and capitalism. Professor Joel Wainwright warns ominously that, quote, the carbon profiteers hope you fail to connect the dots and argues for overthrowing not only capitalism, but also the concept of sovereign rule. In other words, just full-blown anarchy everywhere. Wainwright just so happens to be a geography professor. He's the author of Rethinking Palestine and Israel, Marxist Perspectives. Uh, in his book, Climate Leviathan, he praised the most radical strategies of the climate justice movement and called for revolutionary events, overthrowing the U.S. government as well as that of China, because China is too capitalist, uh, which they are not really capitalist at all. Crony capitalism uh, at best. A spokesperson for Ohio State said that the course is not listed for summer or autumn of 2024, though the change request 
form says autumn semester 2023, Tuesday and Thursday, 9.35 to 10.55 a.m., and is listed as having been approved at every level except one, with the final one pending. None of the other universities uh, that are involved with this of the full 16 are willing to make public comment as of yet. But they are requiring this book, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, as part of the readings in a similar course to what we've described. The Department of Homeland Security defines terrorism as any act that, quote, is dangerous to human life or potentially destructive of critical infrastructure or key resources. Uh, it's a check, check, and check right there. So what's the real question? What's the real point? You have a situation where these public universities are promoting terrorism openly. The idea of Marxist indoctrination has been taken to the next level. They are pushing further. They're creating foot soldiers in their effort to take over this nation, to destroy its founding principles, to destroy the Constitution and the limitations on government, and to create something that honestly would make uh, Putin jealous. Keep that in mind before sending your children or helping your grandchildren to go to one of these universities. Arm them with real history, with real information, arm them with a sense of self-assurance so that they cannot be easily manipulated and address these ideas and concepts as they should be. All right, let's go ahead and take that break. We're going to take a, a shorter than usual break. And uh, as we do that, when we come back, get one more topic in in this hour, and then we will move into hour number two. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. We've got fentanyl on every street, supply chain short, the border's weak. Now 20 bucks feels more like four, inflation's knocking down our door. Gasoline's at an all-time high. Balloons from China crossed our sky all day. That's why I'm part of the FJB Club. I'm part of the FJB Club. Holler if you're part of the FJB Club. Everybody let me hear you scream. That's why I'm part of the FJB Club. American taxpayers have paid over $20 billion over the last two years on refugee and illegal entrance assistance. And for what? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. According to a report from the OpenBooks.com, we the people have been paying for many services for law-breaking illegal border crossers, including legal assistance, medical screening, housing assistance, leftist cultural orientation, work authorization, public benefits application, government school enrollment, 
mental health services, cash support, and Medicaid access. Meanwhile, many thousands of U.S. military veterans are left without adequate housing, food, and medical assistance. Yet, Parent Agency Administration of Children and Families received $2.9 billion in support for Afghani entrants. And what I have shared with you is a small fraction of the orchestrated invasion of the United States of America. My fellow Americans, either we work together to save our exceptional nation or be doomed to misery and injustice for all. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, to find out where. Go to theronedwards.com. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition MyPillow. The Giza Elegance MyPillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow, Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you so much for staying with us through that very brief break. Uh, real quick, before we uh, get to this uh, last topic, I do need to ask you, have you put any thought at all into trying to protect your hard-earned wealth, what you have put aside for your future, for your retirement, uh, by utilizing physical gold or silver? If you have, but you're not real sure where to start, or maybe you've called a few folks, you've asked around, and you weren't real happy with what you've been told to this point, uh, I would recommend you give uh, my friends a call over at Harvard Gold Group. Look, they are the premier conservative gold company. They're five-star ratings across the board, Better Business Bureau approved. They make it easy to buy, easy to sell. They've got a low price guarantee. They've got a ton of free promotional gold and silver available when you make qualifying purchases. So whether or not you're looking to 
uh, try to protect your retirement accounts or you just want to have gold in hand, give them a call asking for their free investor's guide. Uh, that number, uh, jot this down real quick if you don't already have it, is 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Be sure to let them know that you heard about them from Tap Into The Truth or from Tim Tap. Either one of those will work. And uh, if you don't want to give them a call, you can give them a visit online at harvardgoldgroup.com. Be sure to use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P. Uh, whichever one you do, that will let you have access, qualify you instantly for a additional promotional amount of gold and silver uh, with a qualifying purchase. So one more time, that's 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653 or Harvard Gold Group. It's a phenomenal uh, company. I, I can't speak highly enough about them. Uh, I could try, but it wouldn't work. <laughs> There's just not enough to say. Okay, uh, real quick, and I know I'm almost out of time for this hour. This is one that's not going to take very long at all to talk about. You just kind of need to know that it's happening, and you probably heard to some degree, but I didn't want this to go by without at least being talked about a little bit here. Uh, as of Tuesday, uh, February 27th, House Republicans announced that they had, in fact, subpoenaed uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland, or as I like to call him, Meritless Garland, for materials from special counsel Robert Hur's investigation into Joseph Robinette Biden Jr.'s handling of classified documents that culminated with a report that was released earlier this month. You know, the one where they said uh, clearly he was guilty, but didn't recommend uh, prosecution because didn't believe that a jury would actually convict him because he just doesn't seem like the kind of person that has any intentionality. Uh, not unfit to stand trial, but they still want him to be the commander-in-chief. Wow. Crazy, right? Anyway, Oversight Chairman James Comer and Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan are, in fact, uh, insisting rather firmly uh, that these records including transcripts, notes, videos, and audio files, uh, that they're turned over. This is all part of the subpoena, uh, according to a statement from uh, their respective committees. Uh, News Nation reported that they set a deadline of March 7th, which is the day Biden is expected to deliver his State of the Union address. Could steal some thunder from there pretty quickly, right? So the chairman said in the subpoena, uh, at least on the cover letter for it, that the Department of Justice failed to produce any of the materials that uh, was requested, such as the transcripts and recordings of the special counsel's two-day interview with the president with a February 19th deadline, which they had subpoenaed already. They wrote that the DOJ responded by saying that it was, quote, working to gather and process responsive documents, including a review for classification and confidentiality interests, but did not offer a time frame by which it expected to make any of these, uh, any of the productions or any commitment that it would produce 
all of the materials requested. In other words, we're working on it, but we may or may not get it to you. Basically, ignoring it. Ignoring the role of oversight, ignoring what the responsibilities actually are. They do have a job, you know, and they are answerable. They should remain answerable. They are legally required to comply. But they're stalling, and it's not just a stall tactic here in so much as well, we're just going to try to get as far along as we can without you having your hands on this. Because here's what they know. If there is enough evidence to support the statements from HERS report, then there is enough evidence right there to move forward with impeachment. And these are the two bodies that are working on impeachment of uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. I don't think, no matter how else you play it out, that there's honestly a way that Joe Biden stays in office if our government was functioning the way it's supposed to. Impeachment's one option, but quite honestly, if things were functioning the way they were supposed to, the 25th Amendment would have most likely have been uh, triggered by now by the Democrats themselves. They just don't have any good options to try to hang on to power. So they're going to try to move forward as far as they can without doing it. It's absurd, and unfortunately, the American people are suffering. And quite honestly, the rest of the world suffering too, because when the United States isn't providing leadership on the world stage... Things get wonky. All right, let's uh, reset the hour. You guys don't go anywhere. Uh, I'll be right back as we'll jump into hour number two shortly. She was from a blue state clan, taught to praise the little man, told that union saved the working class. He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees they said their vows He couldn't say when He couldn't say how He couldn't say why she was different in his eyes They built careers and had a kid Tried to live like their parents did But both their parties taxed them close to death They learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago A happy little cabin in the west 
much more. Hi, this is Tim Rivers from American Gulag Chronicles, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us as we now dive headlong into hour number two of today's Tap into the Truth. Now, I know some of you are probably wondering why I haven't let off the show or gotten to the story of the young lady in Georgia who was attacked and ultimately murdered by the illegal migrant who was let into the country under Joe Biden's watch, who was arrested, well, taken into custody very short under the charges of uh, assault of a child, released immediately because New York is a sanctuary area, and then found themselves in Georgia. And it has a lot to do with the fact that there are still new details that are coming out on that story. And quite honestly, I'm a little too heated on the topic right now to speak even quasi-intelligently about it. I, I would completely lose track of time, and I probably would rant for the full two hours. Uh, so I'm avoiding that now. I'm trying to let more of the details come out. And besides, it is a story that you are getting plenty of coverage from with everybody else, and rightfully so. It's an important story. It's an important topic. And the only thing that is really of import for the average American citizen is to know and understand this is 100% the fault of the Biden administration. But uh, this young lady, you know, heart goes out to her family. Uh, this senseless, unnecessary, un- <sighs> unfathomable action that happened to her. Not only is it a tragedy, but it's made more so by the fact that If you were to take politics out of the equation of what allowed this individual to be here in the first place, then he would have never been here in the first place, and this young lady would still be with us. So, uh, you know, obviously, any time a young life like that is snuffed out, it is – it's a tragedy. And again, to her family and friends, condolences. I mean, there's literally nothing I could say that's going to be adequate. And to jump on the full-on political attack right now seems disrespectful. So a little time for the families to mourn. And again, as more information comes out, which there is still new stuff coming out even today, we'll redress it when I can be a little calmer. And when the family and friends have had some time to to mourn. All right, before we do get to the next topic that I will be discussing, one more time I, I want to remind you that uh, two-thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a serious extended blackout. 
What does that mean? Well, it means that if you happen to be among those two-thirds of Americans that face it, you find yourself sitting in the dark and the cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks, and the real question is, are you ready? Are you ready to be able to keep electricity running in your home, at least handling the bare minimum of things that you need? Are you going to be able to protect yourself? Are you going to be able to protect your family? Now, you could. You could be ready if you had a Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, the new top-of-the-line solar generators available from our friends at 4Patriots. Folks that already have solar generators for them will tell you point-blank they are worth their weight in gold. And this, the brand-new top-of-the-line generator, it has doubled the capacity of its predecessors. It's expandable. You can run big appliances like refrigerators, and they run far longer than their predecessors. You can rather run other devices as well. Uh, again, I keep using certain examples because these are things that I often think of and actually use myself uh, using my Patriot uh, Power Sidekick sometimes, electric blankets, uh, a microwave. Now, well, something I haven't done is an RV air conditioner. Um, haven't tried running an electric wheelchair, but these are examples I've actually seen people run off of the new top-of-the-line 2000X. So it, I've seen it. I know that these are good examples to use because I know they can do it. It comes with 12 outlets, so, you know, it is serious piece of uh, hardware. It includes four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at one time. You've got two USB-C outlets, so you can charge your phone really, really fast. And no matter how you uh, want to break it down, no matter how you want to evaluate, the best part is the fact that you do not have a single concern about carbon monoxide poisoning. Why? Because it's completely solar. There is no fumes you can use it inside safely. It doesn't need gasoline. So you're good to go. There's already over 150,000 Americans that fully trust and count on Patriot Power Generators. Uh, there's no reason why you can't be among them. Go to 4patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. And it will land you on this week's deals and discounts. It's a page that's set aside just for listeners of the show, although you are more than welcome to share that page with any of your friends that you like, whether they listen to the show or not. That's the number four, patriots.com. So fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. You'll land there. You'll see a tab at the top that will take you directly to the Patriot Power Generators if you are so inclined but, uh, you know, just using that page lets them know I sent you, and it gives you a great starting uh, point to, uh, you know, do a little shopping, if you will. I mean, why wouldn't you do a little shopping, right? All right, so here's a bit of a win, but we'll see how far it goes. <laughs> a judge in California threw out charges against two far-right political agitators saying that the federal government engaged in selective prosecution. They did so by charging right-wing rioters, but not the far-left agitators they fought against, and who did the exact same thing. So, uh, Robert Rundo 
and Robert Bowman attended a pro-Donald Trump free speech rally in Berkeley on April 15th of 2017. They did so with members of Rise Against Movement. Clever name, right? I, I have no idea. Uh, they call them RAM for short. It's a far-right white nationalist group, uh, using air quotes here, uh, that engaged in violence against left-wing groups like Antifa. One of those groups was by any means necessary, which would descend upon right-wing events to try to shut them down and intentionally try to start fights. Uh, Antifa and related far-left groups dedicated. They decided they needed to shut this down. They came prepared for violence, bringing weapons, including pepper spray, fireworks, knives, and homemade bombs. Uh, this is all a quote from uh, Judge Carney uh, of the U.S. District Court for the Central District of California. He wrote this in his opinion on February 21st, just in case you want to look it up further. Uh, continuing with a quote, And they use those weapons as well as their bodies against Trump supporters and law enforcement. So in other words, troublemaking uh, agitators showed up and they started some crap. But after prosecutors filed an emergency motion to appeal, the Ninth Circuit had one of the right-wingers arrested the next day. Robert Rundo is to remain in custody pending resolution of appellant's motion to stay, release pending appeal. No lower court may order his release absent further order of this court. Again, this is from the Ninth Circuit. Judge Carney objected to the fact that the federal prosecutors charged only right-wing participants, even though left-wing agitators performed identical contact or worse at the same event, which prosecutors' own evidence acknowledged. In other words, during the course of trying to prosecute these right-wing Agitators, I guess it's still a pretty good term for them. In, in the federal prosecutor's effort to prosecute them, they presented plenty, ample evidence that the left-winger folks, the Antifa folks, uh, were very much engaged in similar or worse behavior, and yet not a single effort to prosecute any of the folks on the left. We're not going to throw in jail our own foot soldiers, are we? No, 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 just the other side. We can't let them get the bright idea of doing the same thing. We can't possibly let them come across the notion of fighting fire with fire. And I'll remind everyone at this point that that's really the only thing the Proud Boys were ever guilty of. Uh, also, uh, oh, you, Tim, you, you forget that the Proud Boys are a bunch of racist, rowdy ne'er-do-wells that were just out there looking for trouble. No, no, they really weren't. Proud Boys were out there looking to provide a counterbalance to Antifa when they were just going around targeting people in conservative crowds. Um... The only reason you had the Proud Boys rise up is because 
law enforcement either wasn't allowed or had no interest in dealing with Antifa. So when law enforcement is either not allowed or has no interest in protecting innocent folks, vigilantism runs rapid. You have to expect it. But anyway, back to this case. Quoting again, No individuals associated with the left who engaged in anti-far-right speech and violently suppressed the protected speech of Trump supporters were charged with a federal crime for their part in starting riots at political events. That is textbook viewpoint discrimination. Most telling in this case is the government's silence as to why it never pursued a case against a single member of Antifa or related far-left groups with respect to their violent conduct at pro-Trump events. Now, I'm still quoting here. Defendants have established selective prosecution. There is no doubt that the government did not prosecute similarly situated individuals. Antifa and related far-left groups attended the same Trump rallies as defendants, with the expressly stated intent of shutting down, through violence if necessary, protected political speech. Isn't it funny how protected political speech... It's a thing that only seems to be granted to one side if the Biden administration has their way. <sighs> At the same Trump rallies that formed the basis for defendants' prosecution, members of Antifa and related far-left groups engaged in organized violence to stifle protected speech. Still quoting here, of the 20 people arrested at the April 2017 Berkeley rally, the government charged only defendants and other members of RAM under the Anti-Riot Act. The government charged no members of Antifa, BAM, or other far-left groups under the Anti-Riot Act for their use of violence to shut down the rally. To put it simply, RAM and Antifa, which both appear to use violence to silence protected speech, are identical in material respects. The only difference is their speech and beliefs. By many accounts, members of Antifa and related far-left groups engaged in worse conduct and in fact instigated much of the violence that broke out at these otherwise constitutionally protected rallies to silence the protected speech of the supporters of President Trump. That is constitutionally impermissible. The government cannot prosecute RAM members, such as defendants, while ignoring the violence of members of Antifa and related far-left groups, because RAM engaged in what the government and many believe is more offensive speech. Okay. So the judge's order here includes 
photographs of Antifa engaging in violence at the same protest that these defendants, uh, that he was overseeing the case, happened to be charged with. Evidence showed that left-wing protesters had descended on the pro-Trump rally to start a fight, and they did start a fight. They instigated it. They started it. They were behind it. One man punched a Trump supporter and threw him into a park bench uh, to continue the beating and was in the process of striking him until law enforcement intervened. A young woman used pepper spray uh, and hit Trump supporters, uh, explaining that she felt like fighting a white bitch today. Police detained one Antifa member who had improvised explosive device. He had an improvised explosive device. It's in the local police reports. The judge acknowledged this, but the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals still says, okay, well, we're not, still not going to let you uh, stay their prosecution. Uh, why? I'll get to that in a second. Now, Rundo and Bowman said that more than 10 Antifa agitators were pummeling a black man wearing a red hat and that they sought to protect him. They intervened to protect this black guy who just so happened to be wearing a red hat. Now, in October of 2018, Nick Hanna, U.S. Attorney for the Central District of California, uh, he was bragging that four local members of white supremacy groups faced federal charges and attacks at political rallies. Uh, the case was being handled by the Terrorism and Export Crimes Section of the DOJ National Security Division. He was bragging about this case. Bragging about these two guys who basically jumped in to protect another Trump supporter who just so happens to be a black American. Now, the government charged them in under a rarely used law called the Anti-Riot Act. Uh, you heard me mention that earlier. The judge said that the law has often been criticized as dubious and was created in the 1960s by uh, these folks who had the intent of imprisoning communist and black agitators. The law makes it a federal offense when interstate commerce or communications, including telephones, happen to be used to plan what later becomes a riot. In other words, you're getting together with your friends. You're like, hey, are you going to show up at the rally? Yeah, I'm going to show up at the rally. And then if one or the other person on that phone call happens to end up in a fight because Antifa attacked you, then because the cell phone, even though you might be in the same city, you might even have been on the same block when you were talking back and forth, but because the phone is a national utility, they then claim interstate communication. Therefore, they are still able to charge you federally, even though you're not even the one who started the fight. Doesn't matter. Turned into a riot, they'll get you. What constitutes a riot? Well, if they want to get you bad enough, uh, if you fought with two other people, oh, it's a riot, everybody, look out. 
In 2019, the court dismissed the charges, finding that the Anti-Riot Act violated the First Amendment. But in March of 2021, the appeals court overruled that ruling, and in August of 2023, Rundo was extradited from Romania, meaning he'd left the country, but he was forced to come back to face these charges. On February 21st, Carney again dismissed the charges based on their second argument of selective prosecution. Rondo was released from jail, but prosecutors immediately filed an emergency appeal to the Ninth Circuit, asking for Rondo to be arrested and held without bail, and saying they thought he might flee through the southern border if he was not. I know he might go somewhere where we can't extradite him from now. On February 23rd, appeals judges wrote that defendant appealee Robert Rundo has been arrested and that lower courts were prohibited from releasing him as the government's appeal proceeds. In other words, they're allowed to now hold him indefinitely. Uh, for as long as it takes to get the next level of this court case heard. Now, I started off by saying this was a small victory. So far, it hasn't been a victory at all for the individuals involved in the case. But the fact that we do have a federal judge now standing up and saying, hey, sorry, Biden administration, you can't continue to just keep targeting people on the other side of the political spectrum. You can't just keep targeting one side and not apply the law equally. When you have bad actors that are behaving badly, then you have to treat them as such. So what's the, uh, what's the real thing that's going to happen here? We'll see. I mean, this is not a story that's going to go away, but it is a story that's going to be kept real quiet. It's going to be hush-hush. So many other things going on. Donald Trump's in court this week. Donald Trump is uh, kicking the crap out of Nikki Haley in the primary next. And then we've got uh, Joe Biden's going to go to the border. we got Donald Trump going to go to the border. Uh, they're going to go on the same day at different parts of the border now. And the only reason Biden's going is because they found out Trump was going to go. And there are people in the administration that understand that they're taking more and more heat. And according to polling now, illegal immigration has once again moved itself to that number one position on top items of concern for most Americans. So, you know, the economy's been bad. The economy stayed near the top. But now the danger, the threat, the warnings that people like myself have been giving for a very long time about the dangers of unfettered uh, access through our borders with us doing zero vetting, it's really starting to hit home for a lot of people throughout the entire country, to the point that uh, Adams, mayor of New York, is now talking about the fact that they need to rewrite their sanctuary city laws so they can start deporting the aliens that commit crimes while there. Well, that, I think, falls into the category of common sense. That is something that should be allowed. And if the people of New York 
allowed these far-left Democrats to write a sanctuary city law that prohibited them from ever doing anything, from ever holding them accountable for anything illicit, then you're getting what you freaking deserve when this happens. Except the problem is people that don't deserve it are getting it too. Typically falls into the category of unacceptable as far as I'm concerned, but here we are. So, you know, hopefully something will come of this. Hopefully we will get some level of legitimate justice. But uh, in the meanwhile, let's slide towards the uh, mid-hour break. Before doing that and taking our little break, uh, I do want to remind you that Harvard Gold Group, they are the premier conservative gold company. Their Better Business Bureau approved. They've got five-star ratings across the board. And it is so very easy to buy and to sell gold, silver, and a few other precious metals as well. They do have a low-price guarantee. They offer up to $15,000 worth of free promotional gold and silver with qualifying purchases. Now, granted, that qualifying purchase is going to be significant if you're expecting to get $15,000 worth of free to go with. But just to find out exactly what that is, is worth placing the call to get that investor's guide. Bottom line is we know... This particular administration, and we know the stock market, uh, the experts on Wall Street, all these folks, they've been whistling past the graveyard for just a little too long. And if you looked at actions taken in this past week and a half, some pretty big names started selling off significant shares in the companies that they founded. Bezos, Zuckerberg, a few others. You can look it up. When these people start cashing in on those stock values, you better believe that they're expecting those stock prices to dip down. They're expecting the market to take a not-so-friendly dive down. And when that happens, if you don't have some hedges, if you don't have some physical, in-your-hand, cold, hard, never-been-worth-zero um holdings in your portfolio well you'll it'll be too late to do anything about it when it starts i'll just put it like that so anyway whether you just want to protect your retirement which if you're anywhere close to retirement right now you really should be concerned about it as long as democrats are in a position to hold any sway over our economy you should be worried about your retirement whether you're just trying to protect that retirement or you just want to have gold in hand, which is a pretty cool feeling, call Harvard Gold Group. That number is 844-977-GOLD, uh, 844-977-4653. Or you can just visit them online at harvardgoldgroup.com. But uh, if you do call them, they should ask you, how did you hear about them? Be sure to tell them you heard on Tap Into the Truth. Or tell them that Tim Tapp told you, and they'll know who you're talking about. That'll entitle you 
to an additional $250 of free gold or silver with a qualifying purchase, and that's on top of any other promotions that you qualify for. So that means you could really be adding to it. And if you're going to invest, might as well take full advantage of the opportunity they're giving, right? I mean, it's, it's cool stuff. I really do like it. So one more time, that number, give them a call. 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Or if you visit them online, that's at harvardgoldgroup.com. Be sure to use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P. It'll work just the same as telling them about me uh, when you place that call. In the meanwhile, don't go anywhere. I will be right back after this very brief break. This is David Barker with Barker Financial. Thank you for listening to Tim Tapp and Tap into the Truth. Yes, my fellow Americans, the Maoist revolution in parts of the United States continues unabated. Hello, I'm... Ron Edwards, on today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Thomas Jefferson stated, quote, we need a revolution every 20 years just to keep the government honest, unquote. But he didn't mean the communist Maoist revolution now being rolled out from sea to shining sea. While New York City is literally being overrun by thugs, both foreign illegals and domestic, New York City government gumps are seriously considering the removal of statues of George Washington and other historical figures as the city is overwhelmed by budget deficits and illegal border crossers taking over the city of New York. So, City Council of New York, with a nod from Mayor Adams, is busy working to quickly remove statues of George Washington. Also, New York City Council is drawing up plans to further drain city taxpayers by forming a reparations task force to consider the impact of slavery for black Americans and give them reparations. That's ironic because not so long ago, Mayor Adams begged his mumbling President Biden for $12 billion to feed, clothe, and give illegals whatever they want. I think we are long overdue for a common sense revolution. What say you? I'm... Ron Edwards. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow... 
constitutional grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, constitutional grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the constitutional grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say I got to wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yep, I hear you. I'm Andrew Krabschett, CEO of RedBalloon.Work, America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense, then put your resume on Red Balloon. And if you're an employer looking for hardworking, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at RedBalloon.Work. I'm Andrew Krabschett. Wait, no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabschatz from RedBalloon.Work. Check us out today. This is Ross Thompson with Patriot Defender. You're listening to Tim Tap on Tap Into The Truth. Sucker punch somebody on a sidewalk. Carjacking old lady at a red light. Pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face. Stomp on the flag and light it up. Yeah, you think it's tough. Well, try that in a small town. See how far you make it down. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. And yeah, try that in a small town. Yeah, I am trying it in a small town. That's where I'm at. All right, I want to do a quick reminder. Please be sure to check out Friday night's live show. Uh, you can be listened to live across multiple platforms. Uh, the entirety of the Vera Network that includes... Uh, WCETFM in beautiful Columbia, South Carolina, includes thelastfrequency.com, and of course, Vera Network over on TuneIn, so be sure to track it down there as well. Uh, also, uh, aired live on the K-Star Talk Radio Network, so you can go to kstar.com, uh, it works there. Uh, you've also got ZMA Radio and a Liberty Talk FM. So we're live on all those platforms, and you can still listen to the podcast after the fact, too. We'll do that, but uh, it is 
just a great option to to listen live and be part of one of those audiences and gives you an opportunity if you pop in to the uh, MeWe chat room to, to be part of uh, what we've got going on there as well. So uh, it's just a really nice opportunity, I think. So you're invited uh, and uh, you're always welcome. We've got a slate of guests that uh, should be an interesting conversation, uh, providing, of course, that everybody shows up. Uh, the thing about live radio is that Sometimes all the live guests don't always make it, but uh, as of right now, we're scheduled to be joined by J. Michael Waller, by Scott McKay, Jason Shepard, and Dr. Carol Lieberman. That is the scheduling for uh, this Friday, and uh, if all goes as well uh, as planned, uh, we should pretty much have... Uh, the March 8th uh, live show set as well. Uh, Richard Battle will be joining us, and uh, Becky Noble uh, will be returning. Uh, and I have another secret guest that will actually be leading off the show. Uh, again, a uh, little ways down the road, so we'll see what happens. But by rights, we should be good to go. So uh, be sure to join us for the live show, if at all possible. Okay. So, another story that's been kind of talked about and then ignored and then talked about. And depending on who's doing the talking, you get a bit of a, a hero vibe. <sighs> Look, leftists have been real quick to cheer the suicide of this 25-year-old man named Aaron Bushnell. Bushnell. Aaron Bushnell. Okay. <clears throat> And in case the name's not ringing a bell, that's the guy who lit himself on fire and said he was protesting Israel's genocide in the Gaza Strip, even though there's not actually a genocide that's happening. And in fact, I think a lot of folks really don't even understand what the word genocide means anymore. Oh, if you're causing harm to, to people that I like, well, that's just genocide. Uh, no, no, that's not what's happening. Israel is actually taking far greater steps, uh, far more discipline, putting their soldiers in harm's way unnecessarily in an effort to try and cut down on civilian uh, uh, people being injured. It's unfortunate that the left seems so dead set on making this a genocide. <clears throat> to the point that this clearly unwell individual took a step to move forward. Now, Bushnell happened to be a member of the United States Air Force and is known as being a radical anarchist. He set himself on fire in front of the Israeli embassy in D.C. This, of course, happened on Sunday, just in case you've been under a rock and missed this story. And as he poured a liquid on himself and let himself on fire... He was shouting, free Palestine. Now, it did not take very long for Bushnell to succumb to his injuries. He passed away uh, just a few hours later. In the days following this, I'm trying to think of an adequate way to describe the spectacle. Uh, it was an absurd suicide. <clears throat> 
but regardless of how you describe it, self-immolation, uh, self-mutilation, self-whatever you want to say to describe it, uh, there were plenty of politicos on the left that were praising Bushnell and his act of self-violence. Uh, Cornell West was on X, formerly Twitter. He said, let us never forget the extraordinary courage and commitment of Brother Aaron Bushnell, who died for truth and justice. I pray for his precious loved ones. Uh, let us rededicate ourselves to genuine solidarity with Palestinians undergoing genocidal attacks in real time. Okay, the fact that I started off by telling you that it was Cornell West is your first clue that everything that's going to come after is complete and utter bovine excrement. This wasn't an act of extraordinary courage. It was an act of mental unbalance. You want to talk about uh, being committed? You want to talk about dying for truth and justice? It would have helped if someone had told him the truth. It would help if they understood the fundamental ideology of justice. What's happening to Hamas right now is justice. What Israel is doing in the Gaza Strip is justice. They were attacked. Israel didn't attack uh, anyone in Gaza. Israel was attacked. 1,200 Jews died. Countless others were taken prisoner, were injured, not just Israelis, but people from multiple countries, including the United States. And Israel has done as good a job as is humanly possible at simply targeting Hamas, the legitimate military target that they have declared war on. So that is justice. They are justified in going after Hamas. And quite honestly, they would be justified at being a little less judicious in their efforts to try and protect civilians, because there's a lot of civilians that are just as guilty as Hamas is when it comes to the folks living in the Gaza Strip. Oh, Tim, how dare you say that? That's, <coughs> you're just inhumane. You should be counseled for that. That's horrible. Except that it's true, guys. There's no question about it. And if you take the time to actually dig into it, it's obvious. Now, this individual, Bushnell, it's a tragedy that he's dead. He took an action that showed that, number one, he probably should have been getting some psychiatric help. And I don't say that to be disrespectful to him or his uh, surviving family and friends. I do say this, that he was a victim of this administration and the ridiculous mainstream legacy media in the entirety of the left trying to promote the narrative of a genocide. This young man took an action that he undoubtedly believed was heroic, but unfortunately 
It's not because he was misinformed. He was given the wrong information. He wasn't standing for truth or justice. He, in fact, was protesting against it. And in the moment of this passion and this very unbalanced decision, it cost him his life. But the folks on the left, Jill Stein, she said, quote, rest in power, Aaron Bushnell. May his sacrifice deepen our commitment to stop genocide. Now, okay, we'll stop genocide, only you're not going to be doing it in Gaza because that's not genocide. Sean King, everybody's favorite, I want to be a black guy, but I look so white it's hard to tell if I'm any color at all. <laughs> He heaped some praise on him, too. I want to honor a young man that was so disturbed by the genocide of Palestinians that he set himself on fire yesterday at the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. Instead of harming someone else, he made a choice that, of course, seems strange and disturbing to us, and to all of us. But I empathize with him. Well, do you? Do you empathize enough to go set yourself on fire, Sean? Because guess what? There are a lot of folks that would cheer you on. Hey, I would say nice things about you if you went and did it, Sean. I'm just saying. Did you see the passion? He actually stood with the courage of his convictions, lit himself on fire. Sean King finally... Nah, I better stop. I'm going to say some stuff I shouldn't. But again, so disturbed by the genocide of Palestinians, so disturbed by a thing that's not happening, that is not real. You need to understand what genocide means, and you need to understand the reality of what occurred on October 7th and what Israel has done ever since. You need to understand that when freaking... Handy, feely, creepy Uncle Joe talks about how Israel's been over the top and how uh, they're doing this, that, and the other, and that uh, all the Democrats currently holding office try to blame it all on Benjamin Netanyahu. They don't seem to understand right now. Benjamin Netanyahu is not in charge. They have a war. <laughs> they have a war council uh, that is in charge. It is equally, both the left and the right, it is the entirety of the Israeli government, both sides that are in complete agreement. They were attacked and they know that the simple solution is Hamas cannot be allowed to exist after this moment. Or Israel will not have another instant of peace, especially since the United States can't seem to get the thumb out of their bum and stand up and do the right thing. Because the right thing would be to make certain that Hezbollah knows better than to get involved. It would be the wise thing to make sure that Iran knows that they need to get uh, their little chihuahuas back on the chain in Yemen. It would be standing firm and ending the Houthis' actions. And it would be standing firm with our ally in the region, Israel, who were the victims 
of an attempted genocide. So empathize all you want. Bernie Sanders had to sound off to uh, largely condemning Israel. And of course, Bernie tries to pretend, oh, since I was born a Jew, um, you know, uh, it's just I have a special, a special insight. Bernie Sanders said, quote, it's obviously a terrible tragedy, but I think it speaks to the depths of despair that so many people are feeling now about the horrific humanitarian disaster taking place in Gaza, and I share those deep concerns. Do you share them deep enough, Bernie, that you'll call out Hamas as the problem? Hamas, the reason that there is a humanitarian disaster taking place, not Israel, but Hamas, who started it and then who hides behind the citizens, the civilians that took hostages and that now are in the middle of trying to negotiate uh, releasing what few of those hostages still remain alive in exchange for freaking war criminals. For international terrorists who happen to be currently in custody? Yeah, are we going to talk about that, Bernie? Or are we going to go back to Sean King and say, oh, by the way, you're talking about how they're involved. In what fashion is the United States Air Force involved with what's happening in Gaza? Spoiler alert, it's not. They're not even doing the job they probably should be doing and helping to knock down the Houthis. No, we're just going to leave that for the Navy. We'll let those, uh, the naval aviators, do what little we're actually doing. And we can't actually take the gloves off. We can't green light actually ending the threat. We just want to do just enough that they'll think we'll, they completely misunderstand the mindset of terrorist organizations. Hey, Joe and company. Understand this, if they are part of a dedicated, fully active terrorist organization, then every time you drop a bomb over there and leave them alive, that is a victory for them. That's the mindset they have. You're only emboldening them. Anyway... In speaking to Newsweek, Bernie Sanders wasn't quite done. He also said, quote, children are starving. People are dying. 29,000 Palestinians have died, two-thirds of them women and children. The United States has got to stand up to Netanyahu and make sure this does not continue. Again, it's not Benjamin Netanyahu. It's the entirety of the War Council. The United States has got to stand up not to Netanyahu, but to Hamas, who is responsible. And oh, by the way, that two-thirds of people that are dying, that's numbers that are being given to you by Hamas, which has already been demonstrated on multiple occasions to be lying their backsides off. Oh, well, you know, you can't say too much about that, can we? Look, Bushnell was reportedly a self-described anarchist who spoke to a friend, another anarchist, shortly before deciding to kill himself. He said, quote, I hope you'll understand. I love you. According to the Washington Post, this is the conversation that happened. And also, 
He said, this doesn't even make sense, but I feel like I'm going to miss you. What? You're right, it doesn't make sense. Bushnell also reportedly sent his will and testament to another friend, gave his cat to a neighbor, and emailed numerous far-left sites to groups uh, before he killed himself. So he wanted everybody to know he wanted to die a martyr. He wanted to be a hero. He fell into the same category of brainwashed, leftist, mush brain that this administration and that the political left have been trying to create for decades now, and we're seeing the result. Uh, their plan is working. They're destroying the minds and therefore the souls and the will of young people in this country, people that once were willing to stand up for freedom, that once were able to understand what it meant to take a moral stand. We now have these people that don't even understand how to think critically about what they're looking at. They don't understand how to gather more information, viable information, to figure out what's really happening. That is the danger. That is the threat. That is the tragedy. So again, let me be clear. I do think that Bushnell's death is a tragedy. Anytime somebody that is as young as he is, had as much life ahead of him as he had, anytime their life is cut short, it is a tragedy. But the worst part of the tragedy here is he fell victim to a lack of critical thinking. He fell victim to the left's political machinations. And that is horrible. All right, I've only got a little time left, and I did at least want to address this other story that I know is going to be flying under the radar. Uh, you might hear about it one or two places, but you're not going to get a lot of uh, coverage here. There's a, a Chicago police officer who is currently suing the city to change his race from white on official records after the police department started allowing cops to change their gender identity. So we have a 43-year-old uh, by the name of Muhammad Yusuf. He filed a federal civil rights lawsuit last week saying that he wants to change his race on police records from Caucasian because he currently identifies as Egyptian and African American, which, you know, Yusuf probably uh, has a legitimate reason to want to do that. Now, again, important to remember, technically, Arabs are Caucasian. Just throwing that out there. But uh, in this particular case, because he is identifying as Egyptian, guess what? <laughs> Why can't he do this? Yusuf wishes, Yusuf wishes to correct the racial designation listed on his police personnel file, which currently indicates that he is Caucasian, to more accurately reflect his race as North African. Uh, and this is legitimately being quoted from the lawsuit. The Chicago Police Department has refused his request, at least according to Yusuf. The veteran cop claims uh, that uh, <clears throat> back in 2004, when he first joined uh, the police force, police records provided limited selections for race. Only Caucasian, Hispanic, and African American. And now, at that time, he chose Caucasian 
But now, there are more options. Yushup even provided his 23andMe results to prove his ethnicity. <coughs> but the police department continues to refuse his request. The lawsuit accuses the police department of having a double standard, noting that officers are allowed to change their gender identity on official records. While other Chicago Police Department officers are afforded the opportunity to have their gender identities corrected, air quotes in use there, to match their lived experience, Officer Yusuf and others in similar positions are barred from obtaining accurate racial designations that align with their racial identity. One of the main issues is that uh, Yusuf claims his career has suffered because he identified as white. Uh, you know, the sad part is when he first identified as Caucasian because of the limited options, it probably helped him. But over the course of the last decade and a half in Chicago, he's probably right. It probably has hurt his career. He's probably been passed over uh, <laughs> potential promotions, especially when they saw his name. They're like, Mohammed Yusuf. Yeah, this is a, oh, wait, that says he's white. <laughs> anyway, the lawsuit says that despite the Chicago Police Department's claiming to have a race-neutral and merit-based promotion system, he has been repeatedly bypassed for promotions in favor of less qualified black officers who had disciplinary issues. So far, he's not obtained the promotion to sergeant that he wanted. 43 years old, years on the force and hasn't made it to sergeant yet. Hmm. Now, either he's had a really, really crappy record, or there is something to the uh, being passed over bit. Anyway, the suit says that despite scoring in the first promotional tier on the sergeant exam back in 2019, he's still been passed over multiple times. Saying, quote, we do not comment on pending litigation, according uh, to the police department of Chicago. Yusuf's attorney, who is married to a Chicago police detective, said that the city's approach has been arbitrary. The lawsuit calls race a social construct. I think, as silly as it sounds, it is either completely legitimate and he should be allowed to make the change, or he's just trying to stick a thumb in the eye of these uh, woke numbskulls who are doing nothing more than making an effort to allow gender identity politics to upstage the simple basic work of law enforcement. Either way, uh, good luck, Officer Yusuf. Uh, I'm not typically on board with that kind of thing, but uh, I'm rooting for you in this thing. All right, that's going to have to be it for today. Thank you so very much for being here. As always, I appreciate it. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid.
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.